0: All right. How are you guys? Good. You guys had a much better like hello back to me after I asked that than the first service. So I'm excited. We're going to have a good morning. Uh, Great job to our uh, Goo Goo Doll band. Uh, Awesome. Uh, Adam sounds as good as the guy who sang it. Uh, And excited about this series. We're kicking this series off. It's called Presence. Uh, We are going to make a play off the word present in Presence. You'll see that. Uh, kind of fleshed out here in the next uh, few weeks, according to uh, also in this week also. Uh, but I want to ask you. I want to kick things off by asking a question. Um, how many guys have ever got like a really lame present before? You got like the worst gift ever? How many guys it came from like your mother in law? Mother in law. How about like a step brother or how many guys it came from your dad? You got a bad gift gift from your dad. How about like your mom? Don't raise your hand if you're sitting next to you. But how many was your spouse, him or her? Yeah. I said, don't raise your hand, because that will leave you sleeping in the doghouse, all right? How many of you guys can remember your best gift ever? You remember, like, your best gift ever? Got a really good gift. All right, my best gift growing up was a blue BMX bicycle, and it was, like, awesome. I remember it. I, I, I even can recall a picture that I have, like, the morning that I got it. And I'm sitting out on it in my driveway, and I'm like, I, can, I have this picture, I'm, I, they got several, my parents, you know, took pictures back in the day, I'm sitting on it, it was the first time, I remember handbrakes came out, that was like a big, big deal, you guys don't, maybe some of you guys don't remember those days, pre-handbrakes, but it had handbrakes on it, it had like really sweet mags, it was like the first time I'd ever seen a bike that didn't have like regular spokes, it had like these mag wheels on it, and it was just awesome, and, uh, it was just, I mean, I can remember it. I'm, I'm, I'm much older than when I got the bike. I was like 12 years old, still had that really goofy, awkward look going on. I don't think I've, a lot has changed since then. But, man, I can remember that bike. And a lot of you guys remember great gifts. But I wanna show you this, 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 the video this morning of this kid who, like, obviously loves his gift. And I wanna ask you, have you ever responded to a gift? Like this kid. Let me show you this. That's cute. What's are that you next? next? Yep. What like, oh, wear. These are clothes. What yeah, wear. I Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, it's so my God. God. <laughs> <laughs> No way. Oh, my <laughs> That's where I'm What is it? <laughs> oh, wait. Ooh. Do you know how great <laughs> those things are? you can't <laughs> <laughs> This thing. Was
1: fine. Was fine.
0: Was fine. Was safe. They had. <laughs> <laughs> the hell no. Wait, wait for it. Wait for it. He's get crying. better. get <laughs> better. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I
1: can't. oh my gosh!
0: Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Oh <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh it's like you open it and you see your paper? <laughs> 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 oh, <sorry>. am <laughs> oh, <sorry. laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, I'm kidding. i I'm Walmart, I don't think you away. can get them. Oh. I flew up. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> all right. I've been waiting all week to show you that video. That's the best thing of today. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you that up front. There's nothing cooler and better about anything else today other than that video. That's really good, right? Hey, I was standing over here. I couldn't wait for the, like, the, the throw-up part to come, right? You guys were laughing. You, we, we, he had you at like his like, oh, crying but like he had us when he starts like that's bad. I start laughing. I gagged. <laughs> that was good. I, I, I'm glad that uh, YouTube exists uh, and, I'm, and please put up all your funny stuff and it's all good stuff. But uh, hey, that that's a response, right? I mean that like that is like a real like that's the greatest gift ever. I doubt that kid will ever respond to a gift, you know, again. In that way, right? I mean, that was that kid got fired up. Have you guys, anybody ever respond like that before to a gift? Anybody got really excited? It's funny, when you're kids, you, you do more. I guess over time you get used to gifts and maybe kind of numbs some of that away, but that was absolutely hilarious. This morning I want to talk to you about a, a woman in the Bible who, um, who has her life like rearranged in a moment's notice. Uh, she... She encounters, she encounters Jesus, and uh, really, her story, uh, because of her issue, her, her problem, uh, sets her up to literally see God do, like, a miracle in this woman's life, and, and it, wasn't, um, it wasn't just all on, on Jesus, like it was, but, like, this woman really fought through, like, every obstacle, the crowd, the clutter, um, to get to Jesus because he was passing by. So I want to tell you this this story this morning. Really excited to to show you this story. Uh, I would rather teach through like a story in the Bible than just hand-pick several verses or passages and put them all together. I love a story because of how it relates. And I think you'll find yourself relating to her on one level or, or the other because this woman really had an issue, really, really had like a genuine problem a problem big enough that it drove her to, uh, to a place where she was caring less about what anybody thought of her. She, she had, her issue was big enough to where she cared less, less about what, it, what anyone else thought about her, and it drove her to a place of like, I got to get to Jesus. I need help. I got junk. I got an issue. I got a problem. And man, I got to get, get to Jesus. And that's what she did. So let me show you this story. If you've got a Bible, man, grab, grab your hard copy, grab your... You know, your your whatever uh, technology you have, uh, smartphone, whatever, look this up. This is a good one. You want to remember this story because this is something I think through this story, your story, uh, your story will connect with this. Whether your story is a story that ends at this stage and it's not so good or your story's been great up to this point, all of us will find some connection, I think, to connect with this this woman. Luke chapter 8, that's where we're going to be. Luke chapter 8. Um, Luke is uh, the guy who writes this book and, and names it himself. It's always good when you can write a book and call it your own name. Luke writes Luke. And Luke is a doctor. So Luke gives some very unique facts that I think really helps build what we need to get out of this. Now Luke is, Luke is a physician, so he doesn't give emotion behind it. He doesn't give like, she felt like, or uh, I think she felt like. He just gives straight facts. But when you, get, when you see these facts, you can, because we're all human beings, we're going to relate on the emotional level. We're going we're gonna to feel what she felt. We're going we're gonna to feel like what it would be like if we were in her shoes, or you're going to feel what you feel because of the shoes you, you stand in. So Luke chapter 8, we're going to start verse 40. And it says, now when Jesus returned... A crowd welcomed him. Jesus had already begun his 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 work. His ministry had gone from baby to boy to being a man to being like okay it 's time now to to go out and do what i 'm going to do what I, I set forward to do uh, from long ago. Jesus is on the scene doing what he 's doing, and it says when he returned, a crowd welcomed him, and so uh, maybe he'd been in the city before, or maybe they just knew of who he is. Like, you know, the word had gotten out. Jesus is out. Let me tell you what this guy has done. Oh my gosh. And they're there expecting him. they were there waiting on him. So it says, Jesus returned. A crowd welcomed him. For they were all expecting him. Now let me just pause for a moment as we dive into this. And I want you to just kind of think through how you think about the, the, the church. Or even, let's take one step further, how you would think about um, or measure your level of expectation of what God would do in your life or what God could do in your life? Would you say your level of, okay, I'm expecting God to show up today in my life as like low expectations or what He could do as low expectations? Or would you say, man, I show up, you know, when I, get in the, when I open the Bible or when I pray or when I show up to church or when I have a problem, man, I'm expecting God to do awesome stuff or maybe some of you this morning, you're, you're, you're not really even yet a believer. You just had someone say, hey, you got to come to church with me this morning. You showed up. Maybe you have no expectations of, of God doing something in your heart, your life, or rearranging some things, or bringing you to a whole new level of, of life. Maybe like the song we sang, maybe your expectation of better days is diminished by some really lame gifts over the years or maybe some really difficult times over the years. Well, regardless of your expectations, these people uh, sh- showing up, they, they knew Jesus was on his way, and they were showing up in crowd-sized form with some sort of expectation. Now, we can't answer for all of them, neither can you all be generalized as, as saying you all expect the same exact thing. But all of them had expectations, and in verse 41... The first guy on the scene, not the main character in our story, but a guy named Jarius who is a synagogue leader. So this guy is like leader status. He's a somebody. He's not a nobody. Luke names this guy. Luke names this guy. His name's Jarius. And he shows up because he's got an issue. He shows up because he's got a problem. Some of you will relate. This guy is a parent. He shows up. He falls at Jesus' feet, like serious enough. His problem's big enough and serious enough that he just collapses. Like he shows up, maybe like it's bubbling up, his fear, his anxiety, the hurt in him or the hurt of, we see his daughter, he falls at Jesus' feet because it says his daughter, a girl of about 12, Paul gives an age range because, uh, well, Jairus is a a leader. He's a prominent person in the city and this person is known and this girl is 12 years old and she was dying. So you can imagine, like here's just one part of the story. All the parents, you're engaged, right? I mean, if you're a parent, you're thinking, oh, man, that, that's, that's an issue. That's a major problem. So this guy, he also, as we'll see in a moment with the woman who's the main character of our story, this guy doesn't care what anybody's thinking at this point, right? He, there's, it's like church hour, right? They're around the synagogue. Jesus is showing up. And this guy's just falling out on Jesus' feet. Just, I mean, he's, you know, we. I'm just reading into this, but he's probably just like, very unorthodox. Just, I need, I need help, right? However that is, whether he's crying or grabbing on to Jesus, this guy's got a problem. He doesn't care what anybody else thinks. He is, he's there because Jesus is passing by, right? So, Scripture goes on and tells us that all this is happening um, and that Jesus now maybe, I don't know if he alters his course or if he was already knowing that she was, this guy was going to show up and he's going towards where this little girl is at or if he's already headed towards where the main character is potentially going to be in this crowd. But it says, as Jesus was on his way, so he's already going somewhere. We don't know where he's going, but he's going towards these needs. He's going towards the people with, that have these issues, these, these struggles, right? He's going to where he chooses to go, right? And it says as the crowds, he's going on his way, and the crowds almost crushed him. So this is a busy time of the year, apparently, <laughs> for people who are out and about, uh, sort of like Christmas, right? I called my week, my, my week, I called my wife who is not a week, but I called my wife on a weekend, I called my wife yesterday, and I was on my way back from, from doing s- some errands of my own, and I said, hey, don't come out in this, I mean, it's crowded, I mean, I, I lived in Atlanta once, and I was grateful for when I moved to Columbus, that our crowd was not as big, you know, traffic was not as bad, but I, I, I had glimpses of Atlanta yesterday, like, my gosh, I said, Christy, don't go to the mall, don't go to Columbus Square Crossing, it's just a madhouse. Let's, let's get whatever we're going to get for the kids, let's go on Amazon, right? Let's just order it, because, man, the crowds are out. Uh, and I, I imagine, this is sort of the, the, the feel of what's going on here. The crowds were so large, and people were so packed in, people were pressing in all around Jesus, it said that it almost crushed him. And I just want to say that if, that if you really want to touch Jesus this Christmas season, you're probably going to have to fight through some clutter in the crowd to get to Him. Because you and I both know this season can crowd out, whether intentionally or not intentionally the enemy would use the clutter of the season for you to miss an experience with God. And I, I, I have full intention to take you through a conversation this morning with with some results-oriented hopes in the end that you and I would both glean from this pass- passage that Jesus intentionally this morning, I believe, is wanting to pass us by. I mean, why in the world would I feel like God lay this passage strongly on my heart for me personally to recognize this and Many people last hour, in fact, I believe we had well over 20 people give their life to Jesus last hour. Many, many, many others, let me see, yeah, we ought to applaud, that's, that's awesome, that's really great. Many, many, many others last hour said, you know what, wow, for a long time I've had very low expectations, maybe dulled out by you name it, very low expectations of what God could do in my life, changing me, freeing me up from some stuff, maybe even physical, some physical fixing. (laughs) I I, I shy away from using the word healing because of maybe some weirdness that you might hear about, you know, on TV, preachers and whatnot. But something happens here in a moment. (laughs) It's a little freaky. It's a little crazy. It's a little weird. But it's also like awesomely beyond normal. Really like mind-boggling, like, oh my gosh, God just did this, right? So here we have this guy, Jairus, that that fights his way through the crowd, falls at Jesus' feet. He doesn't care what anybody else thinks. He's a leader, it doesn't matter. And then all of a sudden, uh, we see that in verse 43, there's a woman that shows up. Jesus is on his way. Crowds are pressing around him. In verse 43, it says, and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. Now I think it's kind of unique and ironic that the little girl was 12 years old and this woman had also been bleeding for 12 years. Notice, notice that, that Luke gets real specific. He's a physician. He's not a guy who's going to just give you a whole lot of fluff and emotion. He's going to give you some, some straight up facts and some information. So this woman's been bleeding for 12 years and he says that no one could heal her. As if to kind of give you the the perspective that she'd already been trying to get help and that she wasn't getting help or healing or fixing or health anywhere else now scholars would 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 lead us to believe that this woman had become what would we under what we would understand as to, someone who's like untouchable at this stage um, she her her issue had had caused her to kind of Back off in isolation because it just caused it was causing a problem physically for herself, and in like the temple, uh, it rendered her basically like the unclean person, and she was untouchable. So you got to imagine like she had to feel like wow, I'm unloved, uh, I'm unworthy of anybody else's love because I'm I got this gross problem. I can't show up to church. I'm unclean there. In her community, she's, she's you know, those are crossed over. The people in her community, people probably showed up at the temple. And so all, all over, she's, she's feeling unloved. And this is just like an unworthy feeling she's got. I got this painful problem. It's, it's physically painful, but it's emotionally painful. And I feel isolated. And this woman's alone. And so, we understand that Jesus as he passes these people by Jesus doesn't see your issue as too ugly or an interruption to his day. He was he was on his way already. He was headed there. He was headed either to the the little girl or he was headed to this woman, right? And we know God's God, so we know none of this is an accident. So we recognize that Jesus doesn't see your issue as untouchable. In fact, nothing or no one is too low, or your junk's not too dirty, your problem's not too big, that Jesus wouldn't head towards you. Meaning, I know know just me. (laughs) I've done enough stupid stuff that I don't care to tell everybody about everything. I've done things in my life that I'm not proud about at all. But I am perfect testimony. And I'm sure many of you could raise your hand to. We don't, we don't have a God. We don't have... God didn't send Jesus, the, the Savior of the world, to look down His nose and say, you're too dirty. Or what you've done is too jacked up for me. And I think it's even kind of... Ironic that that Luke mentions the leader's name but doesn't even mention this lady's name. But you'll see in just a moment Jesus stops dead in his his tracks for this no-named grotesque scenario. For a woman who is very alone, very isolated, and just broken. broken Broken-hearted and just Every way, shape, or form. And so, she's been bleeding for years. No one could heal her. And in verse 44, it says she came up behind him. Like, she's like working through the crowd. She's trying to get to Jesus. He's near a lot of people. And maybe, you, you, maybe you're one of those that you've grown up in the south and you've been around Christianity. You've been around the God thing. You know who Jesus is. But maybe some of you this morning have never had like the, the, the recognizing, been to a recognizing place in your life where you said, I really need that. I really need Jesus. I really need what he's got to offer. But this woman, she is at a place where she recognizes her need. And she's sneaking up or inching up behind Jesus. And all of a sudden, she being close is not enough. Being in proximity to Jesus is, is not enough for her. This woman's desperate. So she reaches out and she touches the edge of his cloak. And it says in Scripture, I love this, and immediately, a detail not missed by, by Luke, and immediately her bleeding stops. Now just look, I mean, Maybe that's not been your issue, right? But you have an issue. In fact, let me just ask, how many of you guys have ever had an issue before? (laughs) Any issue? Outside, inside, whatever it is. Anger, some depression, some fear, some I'm mad at this person, some betrayal, some physical ailments, broke leg to like, I mean, whatever it is, broken heart. This woman shows up and she's got 12 years a big issue. And in one moment as Jesus passes by, her simple touch Scripture says her bleeding stopped. I love the part of the story here. Verse 45, Jesus I think almost sets this up because he doesn't have to ask, he knows. But he asked, "Who touched me?" Who touched me? Jesus asked. And when they all denied it, like, you know, everybody's bumping into Jesus, right? The crowds were pressing Him. Everybody's around. They're going, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. You bump them. I didn't do anything. I didn't. Peter, Peter tries to explain it away. He says, Master, the people are crowding and pressing around you, okay? Like everybody's touching you, Jesus. He's trying to explain it away, right? Normalize it, right? It's like sometimes we feel in church like, Why should I show up and expect something? It's just church, right? It's just God. It's just Jesus, right? That's what's going on here. Even Peter, Peter like, not Peter, Peter the pumpkin eater, like Peter, the disciple of Jesus. He tries to explain this away. Jesus, everybody's bumping into you. And Jesus says, no, 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 no. No, Somebody touched me. Somebody deliberately touched me. Somebody didn't accidentally bump into me. Somebody was coming after me. Somebody touched me. I know this because the power has gone out from me. Dude, this, this girl, being in proximity wasn't enough. Living in that city wasn't enough. Living in like the religious story of that day wasn't enough. Her mom and daddy's religiosity wasn't enough her pain her issue her junk her dilemma drove her to like i need jesus and being close by wasn't going to do it for her so she reaches out and her problem is like boom the <laughs> girl's been rescued right i mean we're talking about like salvation you're talking about like like your need fixed your problem like boom you just you just touched jesus now she's like I mean, I don't know what she's doing at this moment, like what her emotion is, but all of a sudden, Jesus, Jesus kind of calls her out. He says, somebody touch me. I know the power is gone from me. Then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, which would tell me her problem was noticed, right? Because everybody was bumping. Everybody bumped into him, Jesus, but somehow what was noticeable is no longer unnoticeable, so that's noticed. So all of a sudden, the woman seeing that she could not go unnoticed, she comes to Jesus trembling and falls at his feet. I love this statement. In the presence of all the people, in the presence of all the people, which would have normally probably rendered her fearful and not able to kind of state, I got a need, but in the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. So now she's like the story. Like, okay, it was me. I had this problem. Most of you guys knew it. But now it's, it's over. I, I knew he could do it. I hoped he could do it. I reached out because I believed he could do it. He did it. He did it. Right? She's telling everybody. I mean, now there probably is more of a crowd. Now, right? Now it's like a a bigger to-do. And Jesus, we know this is not an accident. We know that he's wanting to leverage now what he's done in her life for people's lives so that people could recognize, hey, this guy's not just some dude. This is Jesus. This is Jesus. Like, you thought expectations might have been high before let the expectations like, like, go like out the roof because Jesus is here. So here, this woman, she's been instantly healed. And in verse 48, I love this ending. Then he says to her, he uses the word daughter. Let me just pause for a moment there. He says to her daughter, I think the coolest thing with the gospel message of, of Jesus, of, of Him coming to this earth as a baby, uh, living on this earth and having the issues of being both human and God, like God and Abad, um, and then dying and, and modeling his, his once and for all love for humankind and the fact that He would you know step in our place where we were supposed to, you know, have the consequences of sin, Jesus took those consequences, and the fact that he rose from the dead. All that whole gospel, the gospel message, you know, the message of Jesus. I think that whole message, what's so beautiful about that is that Jesus came to this earth to call us sons and daughters. Not that we just automatically got that, but that you chose that. Meaning, this woman wasn't okay with just living in like remote, uh, remote nearness to Jesus. She wanted, she wanted Jesus, and she reached out and she took Jesus. When God sent His Son Jesus, it was a gift. Just as Jesus being there, His presence to those people was a gift. I believe with all my heart, God wishes to call every woman here his daughter, as he wants to call every man, every male, every boy his son. But I believe it's, it's the, the, the burden of choice is on us. Some of you came today, you had like no expectations, none, boop, boop. like I just got drug here this morning, can you hurry up, I'm hungry, I got it, I'm about to be done, I promise some of you came with low expectations because you've done this before. You've been in church. You've kind of had the whole religious thing. Can I tell you, this goes beyond religion. This woman was a rookie at religion, right? She, she didn't know how to approach Jesus. She hadn't done the whole church thing. She wasn't allowed in church. I love, I love our church because there's a lot of rookies here. <laughs> a lot of you don't know what you're not supposed to do. That's a great thing. You just show up. Many of you just show up. God changed your life. You have huge expectations. This woman who showed up, she's a rookie. She she didn't know how to set this up. She didn't like, do I knock at his door? Do I go through his disciples? Do I have the right things I got to say? The difference between religion and between what Jesus did here, religion always leads you to the how. How do we do this? How is the right way and the wrong way? Religious, religion always leads you to the how. Jesus, in this story, leads us to the who. It's all about a relationship here. And Jesus models that in this ending portion. He says to her daughter, The God of the universe wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to call every woman here his daughter, He wants to call every guy, every dude here his son. But the choice to receive the gift, to be like in and have the presence of God is our choice. This story, I think, depicts perfectly how the crowd can just be like part of what it looks like in our southern circles today. That was quotations with one hand. Southern circles today. And how we can just be like you know, near Jesus, like I'm around this whole God thing, but never, like, have Jesus. And I just want to say that today, what if, just what if God brought you here today for you to show up with all your junk, with all your issue, for you to recognize maybe your expectations have been too low. Maybe God brought you here today to put yourself and search yourself in this story that you recognize the God of the universe is nearby. And he wants to call you son, he wants to call you daughter, and all you got to do, it's not about the how, it's about the who, he just wants you to reach out and touch. He just wants you to say, God, I need you. He just wants you to fall at his feet, however, you, however God just says, through this story, you want me, you just got to reach out. You just got to cry out. You just got to, maybe some of you fight through the crowd a little bit, get rid of some of the clutter a little bit, and just go... I'm here. I need you. Some of you today are going to walk out of here being a daughter of the Most High King. Some of you, I believe, are going to walk out of here as a son of God. Not some dude who knows about him, but no, I'm his son. My daddy has adopted me. My dad has invited me into his family. That's what this story is about. This whole story. In fact, the whole Bible is the story of God inviting us into the family. Every bit of it backtracks and beelines it back to Jesus. Every bit of it. This Christmas season could be for you the year that you experience God's presence like never before. And I just want to say, I think all of our expectations have been too low. <laughs> I know mine are. All week long as I've been studying this passage, I just, I'll be honest with you, I, I wept, I cried my eyes out because I recognized my, my weak belief. Sometimes my disbelief. Sometimes, well, God, I've been here before, you hadn't fixed that in me. Belief. And I just want to say there is this story in the Bible for the purpose of challenging some of our faith today. Some of you today, God is leading you to take some step of greater belief in Him. Why? Because He's God. And he wants your expectations to be like, like, whatever they, pow, boom. Like, he wants to blow the roof off whatever your small belief is. Not, that's not knocking your belief. Scripture says faith of a mustard seed is like enough to move a mountain. If you and I could believe in God the way God wanted us to believe in him he would blow your mind he would rock your world he for some of you he might heal your junk he might literally fix and solve your biggest problem let's pray let's have the hope and expectation that the God of the universe his presence is with us Here in this moment, let's pray. God, we uh, we surrender today to you. We surrender and, and give our attention now in this moment to what you would do in our hearts. God, we expect something to happen inside of us. God, we expect for some of us here today something to happen maybe on the outside and the inside of us today. God, I, I beg of you that we would all, either physically or in our hearts, just bow before you. And we'd simply just cry out to you saying, Jesus, I need you. I want to give my whole heart to you today. I've been holding some back. I've been, not, I've been too scared Just really, really step out there by faith. But God, today I'm going to follow you by faith. I'm going to choose to place a bigger belief, a larger hope in you because you are God. God, fix me, heal me, help me. I ask of you. And God, I pray for maybe the many others here this morning that would say, God, forgive me. Would you come into my heart Forgive me and save me and be the leader and forgiver of my life. Let me just ask this in this moment with every head bowed and every eye closed. How many of you guys would say, I need to be saved? Raise your, just raise your hand. I mean, he's passing you by. Don't be worried when anyone else thinks. Would you, I won't call you out. Would you just raise your hand high and say, I need salvation. I don't know if, I, if he came back today that he would take me with him, that I would be forgiven and I would be with God in heaven someday. Would you, would you pray for me, Jeff? Would you just raise your hand all over the room? Raise them high so I can count you in on this prayer. That's me today. Yes. Yes. Many, many, many of you. Christians, pray in this moment. God, I pray for the many this morning that would that would hear in this moment go from darkness to light. That would find that would find you and would be healed from the greatest dilemma we all have, which is like separation for you, from you, from all, all of eternity which would be death. God, I thank you that you rose Jesus from the dead, that you used his blood to cover our sins. God, I pray right now in this moment and every person that's that's asking for Christ to save you, would you just, just simply pray to God in heaven and ask for him to save you and for him to forgive you And for him to be the leader and forgiver of your life right now in this moment. God, we pray this in your holy and perfect, powerful name. Jesus, amen.